0: Punks, when is the last time you read the Beatitudes? Can't remember? You might want to flip open your Bible to Matthew chapter 5 and take a look because Jared McKenna is about to open up these verses in a way you might not have ever thought about before. So get ready. As I sat down to record this introduction for this episode, I was watching a virtual March on Washington organized by the Poor People's Campaign, a call for moral revival. Have you heard of this movement? Reverend William Barber is from here in North Carolina where I live, and he is the force behind the movement. But it's really a broad-based coalition of tens of thousands of people from all backgrounds who are working together across America to challenge the evils of systemic racism, poverty, the war economy, and militarism, Ecological Devastation and the Nation's Distorted Morality. If you haven't heard of the Poor People's Campaign or Reverend Barber, you should Google them. You will not be sorry. Today's virtual March on Washington featured dozens of speakers. Some of them were celebrities, sure, but most of them were organizers, workers, mothers, friends, and regular people who stood up and told their own personal stories about what it's like to live in poverty in America in 2020. Folks from Flint, Michigan, talked about years without running water in their houses. Nurses who work in assisted living talked about how they're working without sufficient PPE during this terrifying pandemic. People with terminal illnesses talked about being denied health care and having their health insurance canceled. During their treatment for stage 5 cancer. In today's episode, Jared McKenna breaks down the Beatitudes. If you read the Beatitudes there in the fifth chapter of Matthew, you'll see that they start out with Blessed are the poor. In America today, the wealthiest country in the world, there are 140 million people living in poverty. That's 43% of our entire population either impoverished or living very close to it. Jared talks about beginning with relationship. Are you in relationship with anyone experiencing the kind of poverty that the people in today's Moral March on Washington were talking about? And if you're not, why not? That might be a question to hold on to as you listen to Jared talk with Pastor Matt about why the Beatitudes are important for us Dunker Punks.
1: I think what the Beatitudes are much more about is where God checks in and what it is to be caught up In what God's doing and encouragement to be caught up in what God's doing and I was wondering if we could um, read in in terms of uh, read through in terms of where God is checking in and uh, where we're to be found with God so um, it's my conviction that these aren't high ideals or or virtues um, uh, but instead these are the places where God is found and let us be found with Jesus because Jesus is found in these places
2: Hey DunkerPunks, this is Matt Riddle, pastor of the Arlington Church of the Brethren. You just heard Jared McKenna describing his view of the beginning of Matthew chapter five. This is the beginning of the famous Sermon on the Mount, a section called the Beatitudes. As a part of our celebration of 100 episodes of DunkerPunk goodness, I originally asked Jared for 20 minutes of his time To the surprise of no one who has spent time with him, we talked for far longer than that. After answering some of my questions, an interview which can be heard on part one of our 100th episode celebration, he asked me if he could guide us in sort of a, uh, as he put it, a health check-in for the mustard seed revolution. Using the Beatitudes as a frame and guide, Jared hopes that the Holy Spirit might, well, uh, I suppose as we Dunkerpunks like to sing, move in our midst, thou Spirit of God. May the Spirit of God move in our midst, a movement of healing, a movement of renewal, a movement for ourselves, a movement for our worlds. And with that, let's dive on in.
1: Um, maybe if we could start with the first beatitude. Um, I, I don't know if you have Matthew 5, 3 in front of you, Matt, but did you want to read the first one?
2: It begins with, blessed are the spiritually poor. The kingdom of heaven is theirs.
1: Now, this I find fascinating, Matt, um, uh, because how, how it um, actually reads is blessed are the poor in spirit. They've made a deliberate decision in their translation, which I think is the most common um, translation that people choose, because people are much um, more comfortable in uh, Matthew five um, uh, than they are in uh, what Luke six twenty. Luke six twenty simply reads, "Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God." And um, we're like, "Oh, poor people being blessed." Um, you know, it would be a bit more comfortable if it was just like me and my brokenness. Now. What some people will do, Matt, is they'll go, "Okay, it's either spiritual poverty or it's real poverty," and then you, then you have to choose. And you have one side of the church who goes, "No, no, no, um, uh, this is about actually healing souls," and another part of the church will go, no, "No, no, this is about healing society." And actually, the answer to those two things is not the no at the start. It's about healing souls and healing society and the all of creation we don't have to choose <laughs> we, we don't no have yes to segment exactly it, this is another yes and and the the dunker Punk movement must be a yes and movement um the spiritual maturity is found in if christ is not lord of all christ is not lord at all and so there has to be a way um, where we allow um, what we assume to be opposites to be held together in light of um, uh, Jesus being above and in all and through all things, and so blessed are the poor in spirit. The word "poor" there is actually destitute in Matthew's gospel, um, and it occurs um, throughout Isaiah um, as well in the Septuagint, the Greek translation. But the difference between the poor in spirit and the poor of spirit, I think, is the difference between is this just applying to people um, who you know are doing it tough? Or is this applying to people who, you know, are doing it tough? Like, is this just an internal thing or is this just a social thing to be poor in spirit? I believe is, um, if this is about where God checks in, uh, if this is about the encouragement to, um, move into the places where, um, Christ has moved it into the neighborhood as, um, the start of John's gospel has put it his tabernacle the
2: message translation. I love that.
1: It's great. Right. Um, oh, so good. So this is, this is the location, this is the, um, the pin drop for where you're going to find God with those who are poor, not of spirit, but in spirit. So the question for you and me, Matt, today is, okay, um, uh, where are the poor? How can I be with them in spirit? Even if I'm poor of spirit. But don't miss the initial thing is like, how do I ha- be in solidarity with those who are poor? Poor in spirit. So um, h- how do I make um, what is mine a- available and open in community um, to those who are poor? Because then I am poor in spirit. My spirit is with the poor. So it's a question of who are you with? Who are your people? Does your heart break for the things that breaks heart God's heart? Um, uh, do you see news reports a- about um a a factory in bangladesh burning down with um uh, workers who have been making uh, shoes that are available in our shops and do you go ah that's awful for them or do you go that's awful for us because you've become somebody who is poor in spirit what is it for us to identify and and see um yet another uh, i've just seen the news this morning as uh, i've woken up and um another man um Uh, killed by a police officer on the streets of the US um, with a knee to his neck and it's and do we see that and go oh that's sad for them or are we actually diagnosing that um, this is a sickness in our society and that Jesus wants to heal these things and am I poor in spirit in such a way that in spirit I'm with him my baptism means I'm united to all those who are suffering all those who are hurting or all those who are doing it tough in spirit god shows up in the places where people are poor and destitute with nothing where they're vulnerable in society and if we understand what jesus is saying here it's not hey try and keep yourself in a place where you need dependency issues with god to be interested in what god is doing what god is about and who god is but instead how do we become co-collaborators And creators with the Spirit of God who wants to empower us because God is with the poor and blessed encouraged walk on that's my way my friend John Deere puts it walk on you who are poor in spirit so if your heart is breaking at the moment for our unprecedented ecological crisis you're in the exact place God is found don't try and escape from that place with more netflix uh more entertainment uh more what, what, whatever else instead find where god is in those places and know you're blessed so when people say to me matt so is it is it matthew 6 20 uh blessed are the poor or is it uh, uh sorry is it luke 6 20 uh, blessed are the poor or is it matthew 5 3 blessed are the poor in spirit my answer is yes We have to be a both and people, but realize that poor in spirit means that um, uh, in your drug addiction, even if you're in a wealthy family, you are not playing that off against the poor. The pain that you are feeling um, uh, during this moment where it's easier to numb out in rich neighborhoods than it is to open your heart is the same pain that people in poor neighborhoods are feeling. And one of the things that the spirit of God wants us to do in this moment in history is connect those pains together and realize we're in this together. We We've got to not merely be poor of spirit but poor in spirit my people are those who are hurting my people and so it's not am i a dunker punk over and against people who don't identify as a dunker punk dunker punks can't be a movement against others it has to be a movement for others because the only thing dunker punks are about is our dunking our baptism and to be in christ is to be united with his sufferings the fellowship of his sufferings that somehow we might attain resurrection from the dead to, to quote uh, Paul in Philippians three. Um, but even at that first place, if people are taking notes and going practically, what is the future of the dunker punk movement? This mustard seed revelation uh, revolution um, <laughs> start with this revelation. Am I in spirit with the poor, with the destitute, with the hurting? Cause that's where God is. And do I want to be found where God is because christ is amongst those who are destitute hurting and poor and my pain in those places is not written off or not important but is actually connected to the larger pain of the birth pangs of god's new world in terms of romans 8 is that helpful
2: i think that's great you're naming you know of the um i think significant mistakes that well-meaning um Christians and perhaps progressives can make is this arm's length view of progressive thought of it's sad that something bad happened to those people. I should do something about that thing over there that has nothing to do with me. Aren't I good? Pat yourself on the back. Right. Yeah. And I think, you know, my entire life and heart changed and and I can almost pinpoint the moment that it happened when I realized, um, and this was years after being a Christian, you know, Mm -hmm. um, But still, just realizing like, no, the interconnectedness of it, I am that person. I wanted to interject here. I'm about to reference an event without naming what I'm talking about. Anyone listening in real time, so to speak, will understand the reference naturally enough. But in case you're tuning in years later, FYI, Jared and I recorded this just days after George Floyd was murdered at the hands of police. But still just realizing like no, the interconnectedness of it. I am that person. Yeah. I am that per you know, I mean not literally. I am yeah. of course white, but just to to share in that pain, to yeah. share in that baptism and recognize that I am part of the problem.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I mean need to be uh, part
2: of the solution.
1: A a more uh, uh a bigger conversation for another time, but one of the things that Willie Jenkins, um uh, a scholar who's had a big um, influence on me talks about is that anybody can be white because anybody can benefit from white supremacy. Um, uh, whiteness isn't about skin color, um, whiteness is about a, a whole um, psychology and system in larger society that um, prioritizes and sees as default people who look, look a certain way. So, Matt, um, when I joke at um, uh, every uh, uh, Church of the Brethren event that I'm at, that I want to welcome those with traditional um, uh, Church of the Brethren names like Rodriguez and like Chan and like Johnson. And people were like, "Hey, shouldn't you be mentioning like Gingrich's and like you, you know the the Yodas, the the the, the more um, uh, traditional?" The, that's my way of saying the Church of the Brethren has nothing to give the world if it merely becomes an ethnic uh, reality instead of a larger story of um, uh, Being dunker punks getting back to that original revolution, which is Jesus and everything that he's on about Um, and in the same way James Cone uh, would say another person who massive influence on me and um, he was incredibly kind to me and invited me to lunch once and um, was so moved by his tenderness and kindness and his encouragement um, but when, when he talks about God being black again, that isn't about skin color It's about realizing um, that uh, race is a way that we've talked about certain realities um, That leave some people um, well in the words of uh, Thurman with their backs against the wall and so the importance of actually um, uh, Being able to identify with those who are hurting is um, a, a way of saying hey Who is God found amongst blessed are those who are poor and? have solidarity with those who are poor, poor in spirit, not of spirit. A larger conversation, an important conversation. What I would encourage people is uh, um, Inverse at the moment have uh, a book study on Drew Hart's book, The Trouble I've Seen, uh, Changing the Way the Church Views Racism. Um, uh, Drew and my podcast Inverse is a wonderful resource for people who are, who are trying to find ways to um, uh, move Beyond uh, claims of innocence or merely wallowing in guilt, and get on with the grace-filled business of what it is—the joy of repenting and actually seeing our our nations and our world transformed. Hey, um, should I move on to the second beatitude, or are we out of time? <laughs>
2: no, let's do. Uh, uh, let's pick a couple beatitudes more, and we'll. we'll do yeah, that. sure.
1: Yeah. Well, one of the things that I want to—and you can tell Matt that I could go on all day about all of them—but one of the things I want to point out is that they're actually. They're linked in Jesus' teaching. Once you've moved into the place where in spirit you are with the poor, with the destitute, with those who are suffering, the next thing that will happen is that you will mourn. And Jesus says to us in that place where our hearts start to break in Matthew 5, 4, Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted.
2: Did you catch that? This is the beginning of one of Jared's central theses and most compelling points. The Beatitudes are more than a list of qualities we affirm. They are a progression, which when followed in order, move us closer to the heart of God. Let's hear it again in his words.
1: One of the things I want to point out is that they're actually linked in Jesus' teaching. Once you've moved into the place where in spirit you are with the poor, with the destitute, with those who are suffering... The next thing that will happen is that you will mourn and jesus says to us in that place where our hearts start to break in matthew 5 4 blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted one of the things that comes from if if we in spirit in solidarity are with those who are poor your heart will start to break and i want to encourage dunker punks if you sometimes feel overwhelmed or if it's all too much or you can't handle it you're right, we can't.
2: I promise I won't keep doing this, uh, but his last sentence is so timely and frankly needed. One of my favorite passages is in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, which reads that it's our weakness, not our strength, where the divine can move best in our lives. For as verse nine says, God's power is made perfect in weakness.
1: And I want to encourage Dunker Punks, if you sometimes feel overwhelmed or if it's all too much or you can't handle it, you're right. We can't. And the importance of the laments and those of us who who daily pray the Psalms is that the laments must become the music to which we can acknowledge all our human experience and see it as being worthy of bring to worship. And there's an energy that comes out of lament. There's a reason why the psalmist talks about um, uh, while grief lasts for the night, joy comes in the morning. If we don't numb that pain, if we actually open to that pain and allow it to flow through us, not stop with us, but actually give it over in prayer, in worship, um, uh, express it. We'll find ourselves in uh, initially small and then larger communities of people who know how to express what is going on for those who are under um, uh, the boot, um, those with their backs against the wall, uh, those who are suffering, and um, we'll be able to express those things and we'll find the energy of a joy that is grief transformed in worship. So my my second encouragement to the Dunker Punk movement is in solidarity with the poor, um, with those who are suffering, with the destitute. As your heart breaks, don't hang on to it as if it's your responsibility. Let it flow through you so that that grief might turn into uh, the grace of a joy that becomes an energy to be on the streets, continuing um, to work for change, uh, continuing to hold an imagination up and saying that, um, the world that God imagines is possible. And in doing so, we will find ourselves comforted by those who were shoulder to shoulder, um, whether it's um, uh, in worship on a Sunday uh, or in a soup kitchen on a Monday, at a protest on Tuesday, um, uh, at doing a, a book study, um, learning on a Wednesday, uh, round a table on a Thursday. Um, as we build community and our, our weeks start to look like solidarity, with those who are poor and then our heart breaking as we mourn we will find ourselves comforted in communities that don't want to numb us out but actually want to allow the heart to break so god's love can flow through it so in that in mourning realize that one of the things that next comes up in verse five is the encouragement uh, "Bless are those who are meek what often happens to our grief is that we'll encounter our anger. And Anabaptists, Matt, we're not always great at um, actually saying there's a place for anger. Um, uh, you know, the New Testament talks about in our anger. It's been a, a struggle
2: for me in my life. as uh, I, I know I'm very unique in this front, uh, but as an adult, I've almost had to do like uh, self-counseling to like, you know, it's okay to be angry. It's yeah. okay to... Uh, even maybe express anger to God. Not that I do that a lot, but I've had to like coach myself. Probably most people are on the opposite journey, but just in my own unique journey, I've had to counsel myself towards, you know, whatever you're feeling is okay. Even if it is anger.
1: I think a lot of people, Matt, who have been formed by Northern European uh, cultures, um, uh, that's very true. Like um, anger is often seen as um, uh, something that's that's bad. um, And there's no, Doubt that Jesus counsel in terms of our anger that it's incredibly uh, powerful that it can be a destructive force, but when channeled, it can actually um, uh, become uh, a healing power. Um, uh, when when our anger is allowed to actually be moved in the direction, focus of direction of becoming somebody who's meek, and we need to remember in terms of meekness, like Moses is described as meek, Moses who <laughs> you know led slaves uh, at out of one of the biggest empires in the world of his day uh, stood up toe to toe with pharaoh but there is a, a meekness in in moses that we also see in jesus turning over the tables jesus is in a pushover um, but jesus knows the self-control that is a, an anger or a rage that has been surrendered um, that instead of it becoming a bitterness it can become a beautiful source of, of power for change and so the encouragement in um, uh, blessed are the meek, it could be translated blessed are the nonviolent. And the question is, well, well how, how do we actually get back the earth, uh, the, the healing of our planet at this moment? Well, what does it look like during our ecological crisis um, to actually transform our world so we don't destroy ourselves? And Jesus says here, uh, blessed are the nonviolent, for they will inherit the earth. At Calvary, the meek one, the nonviolent one, has started to take back the earth, not through the sword, but through a Calvary light love that looks like a towel of service. And here, if we can be in solidarity with the poor, be with the poor in spirit, if we can let our heart break and actually mourn, and if we can take our anger and focus it into a f- like a non-violence that is, it doesn't destroy us and nor does it de- destroy others, but has a, vi- vis- a vision of actually um, the, the earth being shared by all instead of just by some. We're starting to get with Jesus' program. Then we can see in, in verse six, uh, this is why those who hunger and thirst for God's healing justice. And I know in some translations, what, what word do you have there in verse six?
2: I have a couple translations up. Uh, it looks like the voice goes with the standard hunger and thirst for righteousness uh-huh. is what the NRSV does as
1: well. And, um, uh, those of us who, uh, Hispanic who are listening would know that, um, uh, in Spanish, um, the, the word there is simply justice, like a, the, the word justice and righteousness, um, that we differentiate. And in, um, uh, English language we tend to think of righteousness as a personal reality maybe we need to talk about social righteousness um and and personal justice (laughs) just to surprise ourselves with um the the scope of what jesus is talking about here is that um if we hunger and thirst if our very desire is for healing justice is for the kind of justice that jesus does um we will be filled but if we fill ourselves on the flesh pots of um, uh, fast food both um food and spirituality that um uh is so sugar rich spirituality and um uh, such a large fat content that it lulls us to sleep that instead of being with the poor in spirit we're quite comfortable um amongst the wealthy without any call that actually this isn't ours this is to be shared um if we become hard of heart instead of blessed are those um, who mourn Um, if we become instead of um Uh, meek if if we become uh, rigid and um, unwilling to to move and and get with god's nonviolent program and if we have no hunger because we're constantly satisfied on the flesh pots of um, larger cultures just comfortability with the way things are um we won't be filled there'll be no sense of i'm living my purpose and if dunker punks want to find what they're here for follow jesus our vocation is found as we follow jesus once we do the general stuff that's for all of us let our yes be yes um live lives of um uh, sexual integrity um uh, uh to love our neighbors um and love our enemies um uh to um, not pray on street corners but be people of prayer and private um to be people whose left hands don't know what their right hands are doing because um uh, we're constantly giving in ways that protect the dignity of those who don't have once we become a people like that you will find your particular thing you will find that oh actually um, I have this business idea that is going to be a blessing because I'm getting in on the very places that God says he's checked into and a bless oh um, uh, I'm gonna teach but instead of teaching be merely about a paycheck it now becomes a ministry um, it, these are the things that we find our vocation our calling as we realize we're called to follow christ so maybe matt i'll just whiz through the the, the rest of it instead of going into detail is, is that all right absolutely yeah i know i've taken so much of, no, of your time. So
2: wonderful uh viewing this as a progression is so refreshing and insightful and you're naming a lot of the pitfalls i think that keep people from fully diving into it they might think Uh, I would become more aware of justice, but it's, you know, it would break my heart or I would just get too angry and you're really naming, like you have to go through the process all the way through it. And if you look at this from spiritually poor and then you're mourning, but stay meek, uh, and then you can start to hunger and thirst for righteousness. And I'll let you pick up the thread from here, but it it describes the process of, um, formation that we need to go through as Christ followers.
1: It really is. It's, it's, and this is what the Sermon on the Mount starts with. And that's why I think if we get this first beatitude wrong, um, that if we think um, blessed are the poor in spirit means um, I just need to know that in myself there is a, a poverty, um, we actually miss that actually the poverty that is in myself um, is directly related to other people being in poverty. <laughs> and the only way that the poverty in myself uh, actually is healed is if I'm in solidarity with those who are poor, um, and once we get that one bit, Matt, you're so right. It naturally it trickles into the next bit, um, and then it it gushes into the next bit, and then it flows into the next bit. So, um, and uh, a mate of mine, Dave Andrew, has been very helpful in kind of um, me exploring the nature uh, nearly a decade ago now of um, that these are connected. Um, uh, Glenn Stason and David. Gashi have also been very uh, helpful for me in like e- exploring um, these uh, particular um, teachings. But realising the connectedness, uh, once we realise we're a people who hunger and th- th- thirst for justice, um, the reason why um, verse 7 is blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy, is that it is so easy um, for a hunger for justice to set ourselves up and against others i'm the one who cares about these things you're the one who's completely ignorant i'm the one who's woke you're the one um, who's there and we have these labels and the word here for mercy is it talks about a delivering compassion it's um the the hebrew equivalent would be has said god's um unfailing love um or, or um uh the the loving kindness of god that doesn't stop and the importance of like blessed are the merciful for they be shown mercy is that it will protect us spiritually from setting ourselves over and against those who differ from us, vote different from us, live on different sides of town uh, us. Those of us who've forgotten who we were before we started on Jesus's teachings where um, we've become people who are blessed because we're in the places that God has found with the poor. If we forget that we haven't always stood there, We will think that's because of our goodness instead of God's goodness. And we'll be more concerned with making ourselves look right than seeing God set the world right. And spiritually, it is toxic, it is damaging, and it it causes a a, a brittle um, uh, social justice seeking, which turns people off instead of invites people in. Jesus hung out with those who no one had any time for sex workers, tax collectors. These aren't people who are woke. And the reason why they loved party with Jesus is because he is the merciful one whom there is a healing justice. That is good news for everyone. And we've got to become a people who um, don't just have the right positions and form our identity where it's more important for me to be right than it is to actually see our world made right. And this is um, a tragic mistake made in many activist circles where we think if we have a sharper analysis and it's not shared by others, um, then we've done our work. And actually what's needed is the kind of work that invites those in who totally disagree with us currently, but we have a humility to know that once we were enemies for God, and yet God moved into a place and had the kind of grace um, uh, that, though um, uh, we are sinners, Um, we get to play and be part of Jesus' program as well. And so the importance of uh, becoming a people who are merciful um, means that we can have, uh, in verse 8, it's translated. What Do you have your translation um, in verse 8, Matt?
2: Blessed are those who are pure in heart. They will see God.
1: What I find fascinating is that the word um, uh, pure in heart might better be translated transparent of heart. So this isn't a, yes. um, is, is everything clean? It, this kind of purity that Jesus is talking about is an AA meeting purity. It's like, hi, I'm Jared and I'm an alcoholic. And you're like, well, how can meetings, that be pure?
2: They're going to hear the most disgusting, raunchy stories yep. Yep. anywhere. That's right. Yeah, that's not like a, a a sexual purity culture type of purity, exactly. right? Yeah. It's, but a it's the kind appearance. of purity
1: that um, takes responsibility for one's own actions and transparently says, I can trust a group of people with this because there is a love that holds me that can transform me. So I don't need to hide these things. Pure of heart means that we need to be the kind of people who go, yep, this is my stuff. And it's not like we, we scream it from the rooftops. We need to find, like an AA meeting, we need to find people who are on the journey, who we can trust, who aren't going to um, judge, um, but realise, as um, it says in the book of James, that those who confess their sins to one another, it doesn't say, say will be forgiven. Matt. <laughs> it says they will be healed. There is healing that happens as we are transparent with what is really going on for us and to find and create communities um, as we are in solidarity with the poor, um, as our heart breaks for things that God's heart breaks for, um, uh, as we commit ourselves to non-violent, um, non-violence, um, to, to see the earth healed, as we desire above all else God's healing justice, as we become a people who are like, participate in God's delivering compassion there needs to be a transparency of of heart and then we will see God the bloke next to Jesus on the cross at Calvary didn't get his heart pure enough that he got a divine revelation his response is we're up here because of what we've done but he's done nothing Jesus will you remember me when you come into your kingdom and he gets to see God because he owns his own. Well, Stuff. Paul would use the term scuba <laughs> in Philippians three, uh, Martin Luther um, in the 16th century in German um, would translate it. Shazen. You find your own terms that are culturally appropriate for you. <laughs> but as we own the compost of our life, It becomes just that, the kind of things that mustard seeds can grow in. We've got to not run from that stuff, cover it up to try and play a purity game, but become transparent of heart so we can see God. And then once we've done that, because all us Anabaptist crew, all of us who love the peace church, we want to go straight to verse nine. We're going to, blessed are the peacemakers. But Matt, if we have not first become in spirit with the poor, if we have not first uh, had our heart break, if we have not first committed ourselves to nonviolence to actually make the earth renewed, if, if we have not first hunger and thirst for God's healing justice, if we have not first um, been uh, committed to a delivering compassion, if we have not first committed ourselves to um, being transparent with others so that we can see God. We will go straight to verse nine, blessed are the peacemakers. And instead of making peace, we'll try and keep peace. Peace will become a new purity game. Peace will become a new progressive purity game where it's like, where about the real stuff you're not instead of the hard work of what it is to actually um, uh, be about um, shalom making in our world today in all its brokenness. And people, when they see that in us, they'll go, you're a chip off the old block. Just like people sometimes say to me, you look just like your mum. Or with my little baby Noah, who's just arrived, people go, oh, I can totally see Kat. In the same way, when we are peacemakers um, who are found in solidarity with the poor, whose heart breaks, who hunger and thirst for healing justice, committed to nonviolence, transparency of heart, are people who are merciful, then people will go, I think I know what you mean when you talk about God. I think you're like a child of God. I see God in you when you make that kind of peace and from peacemakers last two, Matt, I don't know if you want to edit any of this out or cut it into like a a whole series of podcasts, but um, we'll see what happens. You you get Jared going. No, this is so good
2: though. I mean, I I could listen to three hours of this at the same time.
1: Matt, my heart is that the, the Dunker punks will be saved from themselves. (laughs) <laughs> this can't be a movement where we set ourselves up and against others this has to be a movement for others including those who don't think um uh, this movement is welcomed um uh in on their horizon um they're the kind of people we're seeking to make peace with uh, not compromising uh, sor- solidarity being people who are poor in spirit um uh, but being a people who know that um, we need to invite those in because the only way we're getting through all of this is if we do the work together. So from there, we can say, see the of those who are persecuted because if you start doing that work, <laughs> you can expect a hard time. The, all this stuff Jesus says comes with a warning. Um, uh, Daniel and Philip Berrigan used to talk about, if you're going to follow me, you better look good on wood. if we're going to follow Jesus, like, um, uh, we will lose our homes. Um, uh, even our congregations may turn on us. Um, those who, who look to us, um, might be disappointed, uh, with us and abandon us. Um, uh, we'll find ourselves in jail. We'll lose jobs. Um, uh, we can lose home like, uh, family members may turn against. Like there are consequences of being on this work. But we do it from a place of meekness, transparency of heart, taking part in delivering compassion, um, in solidarity with those who are suffering, uh, while mourning and not making it about us. John Deere is um, a dear <laughs> friend of mine, not the tractor guy, another guy. No, he and, um, uh,
2: actually uh, spoke at the uh, ministers. Uh, he spoke to the ministers before in our conference a few years ago. Fascinating yeah, guy man. with a lot to say.
1: Oh, I love him, and um, uh, he, he's come and stayed with me in Australia, and we did a tour together. And um, I've stayed with him in the US. Just amazing. And um, after one of the hardest periods of, of my life, um, uh, one of the things he said to me that was so strangely comforting—that's got everything to do with blessed are those who are persecuted because of God's healing justice. For theirs is God's future or the kingdom of heaven. He said, "Jared, did you really think you could follow Jesus who was betrayed?" And not experience betrayal yourself. <laughs> and, uh, like for me, Matt, that was just a like, truth
2: bomb that wrecks you, but it's so needed and real.
1: And and it brings us straight back to this stuff. Um, uh, uh, friends of mine, Common Hymnal, and if you're looking for amazing worship music in this point in history, um, uh, their worship songs about Black Lives Matter um, and, and about this passage, in their song on the Beatitudes, um uh they they talk about um uh that they crush um um uh in fact i should find it and quote it directly i'll send you a link matt so you can hear it directly but their great. translation yeah, of this is absolutely beautiful um and then uh, finally in terms of verses 11 and 12 blessed are you when people insult you persecute you say kind all kinds of false evil against you because of me So this isn't the stuff where it's just our fault. (laughs) This this isn't just like I've been a jerk and people are saying awful things. Um, uh, This is because of Jesus. um, We've actually uh, copped it. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. And in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So what this opens up for us, Matt, is a way to not have a persecution complex. And not desire to suffer, but also not be surprised when actually a real hard time comes along. So none of us should long for these things, and none of us should want them. um, But none of us should be surprised when they actually show up. If we're following Jesus, Uh, that that's part and course of this work. Then we can hear the call to let your light shine. Uh, Then light can shine. Um, Then we can be salt and light, because we're found where God is. In the blessing of standing in the place where we go on this beatitude journey of becoming beautified people um, uh, in witness that God will beautify the whole world. That for me is the Dunker Punk revolution. That's what we were dunked into in our baptisms. And that the punkness of all of that is being a people who are found in those places where God is found, um, not making it about us, but getting on with everything that is about him.
2: I am inspired and encouraged to continue to be formed, Mm. to not um, short-step any of these steps that I think we're all continually going through, um, but to continue to go through them. As we wrapped up our time together, Jared and I talked a little bit about how understanding this progression might help us to understand even the text which follows this passage, a section encouraging salt to remain salty. It reads in verse 13, just after the Beatitudes, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? but then but after that progression you can keep going yeah. to you yeah, know yeah. you know once you've uh, been persecuted once you're glad for your reward now you're the salt
1: They'll yeah. lose it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <but laughs> we, we we divide it up and then we're like oh no one's interested in our salt or how salt loses its saltiness salt loses its saltiness by not actually being people who are found in those places
2: yeah yeah, yeah. It's amazing. I think that's always just, been my question. I can preach on stay stay salty and like a funny kind of, you know, but yeah. I don't know what that means. What do I I mean I could, I could like <laughs> invent a couple things as a preacher because that's what we yeah. do, but it, it's almost uh, beyond the text, but like you've recovered the textual meaning for me is yeah, I just told you how to st- <laughs> how to stay that way, you know, do all these and- things. Well, Dunker Punks. What a time together this has been. I asked Jared if he would close us with a word of prayer. So, distanced by space or time, let us pray together as we listen.
1: Dear Lord, uh, your name is precious and your creation witnesses to your beauty as uh, rain falls outside and I can hear kookaburras in the background singing your praises. I'm so aware of how your reign, as we talked about earlier, falls on the just and the unjust, the righteous and the unrighteous, that your unfailing love, that your loving kindness pursues us, never fails and is found in each moment creeping towards us with the possibilities that our lives can be transformed. So, Lord, may we be found where you are. In spirit, may we be with those who are poor, who are suffering, who are destitute, who have their backs against the wall. Lord, may we mourn. May our hearts break for the things that your heart breaks for. Lord, may we be merciful people and meek people, our commitment to nonviolence flowing out of your nonviolence, Lord. May we be a people who hunger and thirst, not for success or status or affirmation or money or fame, but for your healing justice to be seen everywhere in all things. Make us pure of heart, Lord, transparent, not purity culture, um, silliness of me better than others and scrubbing out things that are actually the very places that you meet us and want to transform, but the kind of transparency That we can be a people, sinners anonymous, knowing that we are in desperate need of the kind of grace that not merely lets us off the hook, but actually gets us on your business of healing in ourselves and our world. Lord, we want to be peacemakers. Lord, none of us should want persecution, but we also accept the encouragement that there is a blessing in being found in the places where you are and you were at Calvary. Lord, we do want to take up our cross. So fill us, Holy Spirit. Inspire us again. Let us know your love personally in such ways that it's transforming. Power might become our passion. Would it flow out of us like living water that people would see us and know that they're a chip off the old block. They are a child of God. We want to be salt and light. We want to let our light shine. So through these broken vessels, Lord, through these uh, problematic, cracked people that we are, would your goodness shine through us? We pray this and we ask that your Dunker Punk revolution um, would be something that would bless even our enemies. We pray this all in your precious name, Jesus. Amen.
0: feel about the Beatitudes now? You better put your bookmark there in Matthew 5. If you're like me, you'll be flipping back again and again to remember Jared's call to us as Dunker Punks to live our convictions. You might also be interested in knowing that Jared, along with another recent DPP guest, Drew Hart, co-hosts their own podcast called Inverse. That's I-N-V-E-R-S-E. You can find The Inverse podcast wherever you get your podcasts to hear more of these guys' take on a Dunker Punk kind of faith. The Dunker Punk podcast exists because of you. And some folks do heavy lifting behind the scenes to make it possible. I'm Dana Cassell, one of your hosts. Matt Riddle contributed audio for this episode. Jacob Krause edits the show. And Suzanne Lay manages production. The infrastructure of our podcast is generously supported by the Arlington Church of the Brethren and On Earth Peace. The show exists because this network of dunkerpunks and dunkerpunk-adjacent people like you keep listening, subscribing, contributing, conversing, and creating. And we want your input. You can find archives on iTunes and online at arlingtoncob.org dpp. You can connect with the show on social media at Pod. We're currently on the lookout for new contributors for the fall season. So if you've got a question, an interview, or an interest, email us at dpp at arlingtoncob.org. We're also always open to new ideas for growing or improving the show. It's as much yours as it is ours. For now, Dunker Punks, take heart. You are blessed.